If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode we offer science stories, skills, and songs to help you slow down, stress less, and love more. It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and that you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. On today's episode, slow the F down with people pleasing. So grab your favorite beverage, get cozy, and soak in our soothing support. Do you constantly strive to be there for others and then give more of yourself that is healthy? Do you trample over your own wants and needs for the sake of maintaining peace in a relationship? Do you find yourself always on the giving end and rarely on the receiving end? Well, that's exhausting and unsustainable and can often leave you feeling resentful, dissatisfied, and depressed. If you're ready to keep healthy relationships but let go of your people-pleasing ways, we dedicate today's show to you. Our friends at Merriam-Webster define a people-pleaser as a person who has an emotional need to please others, often at the expense of their own needs or desires. So as a recovering people pleaser and as somebody who has loads of empathy for people pleasing and why we do it, I first want to start off and just acknowledge that humans innately have genuine compassion. And so the desire to want to help and please others is ultimately a good thing. So for example, my mom just recently lost a family member and I want to be there for her. I have a lot of compassion for her. And so I have been in contact with her almost every day for the past two weeks because I genuinely want to. Another example is my friend is sick and I told him that later on tonight I'm going to go and pick him up some soup from his favorite soup bar because I know that makes him happy. These are things that we want to do for people that we care about. And so I just wanted to share that there can be a pure intention at the heart of people pleasing. Yeah, and we never want you to beat yourself up about (laughs) any of the topics we bring up in our show. We want to illuminate that we're all in this together, that we all do these things, and then give you awesome skills to help you overcome any of the issues you might be having, in this case, with people pleasing. So be sure to listen all the way through until you get to the skills section, because we have a really beautiful two-part skill for you today. So then how do you know if you are just being compassionate or you're falling into people-pleasing? I think the difference between compassion and people-pleasing ties into needs and honoring your own needs and values. For example, you, Casey, and I have a high need for compassion. We automatically love being heart-centered and compassionate, and we work on it too. So you're fulfilling your own need to be a compassionate person when you check in with your mom every day and when you take your friend soup. You're not screwing yourself over doing nice things for someone else where it messes up your life in some way. When you take care of your own needs, some people see that as being selfish, but really when you pay attention to your own needs first, it can help you act from a very authentic and real place inside of you. And you actually still do a lot of nice things for other people. You just don't do them in a way that ends up hurting yourself by overextending yourself, overdoing it, overdoing for others. And we have a huge problem in our society, especially with women, 
overdoing it for other people. Women are the primary caregivers in their family, in society, in jobs. And caregiver stress syndrome or burnout is defined as a state of emotional, mental, or physical exhaustion that can affect that person's ability to give care. 40 to 70% of family caregivers report clinical symptoms of depression, and 23% say that caregiving has negatively impacted their physical health. So when you pay attention to your own needs, you can take care of yourself and take care of others. And I see all too often the martyrdom that people go through, that they sacrifice themselves, they sacrifice their well-being, their happiness, their health for others. And that's when people pleasing just really goes to the dark side. Yeah, like tonight, I mentioned that I'm going to bring my friend some soup. Tonight, I don't have anything else planned. And so that can fit into my schedule very easily. And I can come from this pure place of compassion. Now, if my schedule was already booked, and I didn't have that availability, but from a people pleasing place, I decided to do that, then what ultimately can happen is that it build resentment towards having to do this nice thing. And then it really takes away from the authenticity of it. So why do we do this? Why do we fall into people pleasing so easily? There's a whole bunch of reasons. (laughs) When I was studying with Dr. John Parakis, one of the founders of Body Mind Psychotherapy, he talked about people pleasing from the perspective that we fear losing love of the other. And that that is a survival need that is really deeply embedded into us because when we are infants, we are 100% dependent on others for our survival. So if we would lose love as an infant, we could die. It gets totally hardwired into us. One of the ways I've seen this play out, and I've totally done it myself, is when a group of women are at an event and the facilitator either forgets to put a break into the schedule or is just like super into what they're saying and so they forget to take a break and the women are sitting there really really having to pee we're like two cups of coffee in they will sit there and suffer and bypass their biological needs because of this fear of losing love by standing up and saying hey can we take a quick break i gotta pee right remember this is all happening unconsciously we don't consciously think oh i'm going to lose love from this person and that is unsafe this is happening completely on the down low in our subconscious we just sit and suffer and don't stand up for ourselves and say hey i gotta go pee this can play out as the fawn response, right? We have fight, flight, freeze, faint, and fawn. And fawn is your body's stress response to try to please someone to avoid conflict. So, you know, like never being able to say no to someone or feeling really over-responsible for other people's emotions. I see this with my clients all of the time. They don't want to say what's really going on with them because it could hurt the other person's feelings. Instead of just being honest and using nonviolent communication and talking things through, that can seem way too scary. And it actually can erode away at the relationship, but you're doing it to try to save the relationship. And I always coach people, you're allowed to have your feelings. Other people are allowed to have their feelings. 
or not voicing your values, especially around an authority figure who you disagree with in some way, like they might be demanding that you work weekends, demanding that you work late when you really need the time off, you really need time with family, and you push your own values and needs aside for their values and needs that might not match with yours. I remember even just a little way that I used to do that is if I had a tight time frame and somebody was like, okay, we're running a little bit over. Is that okay with everyone? Or does anyone have to leave early? And I knew that I had to leave like right when it ended. And I would just sit there and be like, nope, and not say anything. Just bypassing my own boundaries. And it's so subtle. Like fawning is subtle. Yeah, it really can be. I did it most of my life with just about everybody. <laughs> And you know, when we start standing up for ourselves and tapping into our own needs, it can be scary, right? Because people aren't used to it. They're used to people, people pleasing. <laughs> so the truth is, yeah, you might get judged for standing up for yourself. And it can seem scary at first to shift from people pleasing to being more authentic and honest. And I've seen that when people do it, there can often be a pendulum swing where instead of being just healthily assertive, they can swing a bit too far and be aggressive and they can really get into no and, you know, getting really strong about saying no and setting hard boundaries and, and speaking their truth. And it comes out in this really mean way until they learn how to be healthily assertive where they're just honest. You know, Casey and I practice it every single day together. We're just really honest about what we need. And we speak it in a kind and loving way. And you know, she's someone who totally loves and accepts me. And it can still be a little bit scary to say, Oh, you know what I really need? I, I need to take a break right now and eat something again. <laughs> but it's such a healthier way to live. Even though when you start doing it, it can seem pretty scary to do. So I used to hear sayings like, if you don't believe your own needs are important enough, who will? And I remember being like, yeah, that sounds empowering. But I actually had no idea what my needs actually are. If, if someone were to be like, Casey, what are your needs? I would say, well, I need people to be nice to me. I need food and shelter. I need an outfit for Friday. Most of us were not taught NVC. We were not taught nonviolent communication, which is a beautiful way to have compassionate conversations that help with self-discovery and facilitate greater understanding and connection between people. That's what nonviolent communication is. And nonviolent communication has a list of needs. And I have gone on this list hundreds of times, hundreds. And I am so thankful that it exists. I think it should be taught in schools. Maybe it is. I don't know. Slow down, fans. If it is, put it in the comments. You know, keep us up to speed. But after I started looking at that list and actually getting really honest with myself, and trying on these different needs, I'm like, oh, actually, if somebody was like, hey, Casey, what are some of your primary needs? Compassion, consideration, intimacy, safety, trust, rest, humor. It's like, wow, that is so much more clear. I encourage you to go to cnvc.org and take a look at that needs inventory list and really start to get familiar with what your needs are. Because once you know them, you can express them. And then once you express them, you can really start to rewire some healthy patterns away from fawning, away from people pleasing, and learn how to state your boundaries in a way that is loving and well received. You know, when I was growing up, 
my grandmother was very difficult to be around. We didn't have words for it or know what it was at the time, but she was severely traumatized and she had a really short temper. She would fly off the handle quickly and yell and scream at us. And she was always so tense. She was just like this tight bundle of nerves. And so we would fall into people pleasing as a way to try to calm and soothe her. And what ended up happening, of course, was that we were hiding our real selves from her and having kind of this fake surface relationship. And so instead of being able to truly commune, truly connect, truly drop in with her and sincerely soothe her, we just kept this sort of deception going to try to mitigate the fallout of her extreme mood swings. Yeah. And in addition to soothing, it also sounds like you did that maybe for safety too, to feel safe. I didn't feel emotionally safe around her. Only once she threw a scissors at my head and I didn't feel <laughs> physically safe around her that time. That'll do it. It's a real sincere ploy to try to keep yourself safe. I mean, that's what all of the stress responses are about. They're about keeping you safe. When we talk about, you know, the root of a lot of our behaviors stemming from childhood experiences, it's really easy to take from that experience that, okay, well, in order to soothe and calm somebody who, you know, isn't feeling emotionally safe, I'm going to people please. Right. And I'm going to hide myself, right? Like I'm going to hide myself. I'm going to hide who I am, my real needs. And then it becomes hiding myself keeps me safe. The words that went around in my head a lot with several of my family members was stay invisible, stay safe. So my invisibility cloak became my safety. So being silent, staying in my room, never asking for anything and agreeing with whatever they said, even if it felt terrible to me, those became my most popular ways of people pleasing. And they got really ingrained. Yeah, my grandma experienced a lot of trauma and as a result ended up having multiple personality disorder. So I remember being around her as a young child and never knowing what aspect of her was going to show up. And so it felt very unsafe because one moment she would be very loving and magnetic and charismatic and then the other moment she would just snap and say something really mean. So I remember when she was around being very hypervigilant. Of course, I didn't know that word because I was a little kid, but now I know what that means and just super aware and attuned of everything that she was doing. And so what can happen is if you were around people or situations that feel unsafe often enough, then you developed a heightened level of, level of hypervigilance towards the people in the room that might feel unbalanced or unsafe or like a threat. So I just wanted to presence that because if you're an adult who notices that you are innately hypervigilant because of those reasons that I just mentioned, and you often are finding yourself consciously or unconsciously people-pleasing, the people in the room that you're very hypervigilant around, just have awareness around that habit. And we are going to give you skills in a little bit that can help you connect with your own authenticity. And if you're living with someone who is unsafe for your physical or mental well-being, please Google safe house near me and you can go there and receive the care you need. They can even help you to safely get away from that person. If you don't feel ready to do that yet, they won't force you to do it, but they will give you a safe place to land. So just Google safe house near me. 
recently in the zeitgeist, there's been this whole fear of rejection has become really prominent. Like I, I just hear people talking about it more. And that fear of rejection or a fear of loneliness also ties in to that survival fear I was bringing up earlier around losing love. That's all from that same deep hardwired survival instinct place inside all of us. So don't judge yourself. If you have a fear of rejection or fear of loneliness, that's some deep wounding, hardcore, hardwired stuff there. <laughs> and people tend to stay in unhealthy or unsatisfying romantic relationships way too long because they have that fear of rejection or fear of loneliness. And we go down the rabbit hole with that in Slow the F Down with Loneliness. It's a really great episode. You might want to go listen to that because we really unpack all of the facets of that. So if you find yourself lying to keep the peace, whether it's with family, a romantic relationship, friends, then you know you're in an unhealthy people-pleasing pattern, and that is linked to a trauma response, and you deserve to get very real help with overcoming that issue. It can be very difficult to do this on your own. I'd say it's impossible <laughs> to do it on your own because it's too hard to catch. It's so survival-based and it can be so ingrained in us to do it that we really need that professional help to help us break the pattern that we so quickly fall into. One of the ways that especially women fall into people pleasing in romantic relationships is when they don't want sex, but your partner does and you do it anyway to make them happy. And then you set yourself up for a building of resentment into that relationship. And I find that's how a lot of sexual issues start between people. As a sensuality coach, again, with the list of needs, the importance of understanding your needs come into play here. Because if you don't know what your needs are, then it's very easy to bypass them or push your body beyond its natural no. And then, like Elizabeth said, end up feeling that resentment or lack of connection or authentic lovemaking that we all really want. I remember going through my love, sex, and relationship training, and the question was asked, you know, what gives you pleasure? And every single person that responded, responded in a way that shared what their partners liked, including myself. And I remember going, wow, our definition of pleasure is, as a collective, as, as a group of, of women, is based on others' needs. And so with the terminology people-pleasing, right? We are taught to please our partners, but what and how do we want our partners to please us? And that's really where the needs part of this comes in and why it's so important to understand what your needs are. I remember as I was taking this course and learning, I was like, oh wait, I get to have sexual needs? This is great. And I remember being like, okay, well, what are they? And we did this exercise and I was like, I need safety. I need privacy. I need warm feet. <laughs> right on. Right? Warm feet. I was like, I can be totally naked, but give me some warm socks. Because if my feet are cold, I am not going to want to be intimate. Period. And so I remember how, how empowering that felt. And I also remember how much my partner loved that I was sharing what I needed. And that I wasn't just 
doing what people do in the movies and we are having open discussion back and forth and when you start to do that it takes sex to a whole nother level and the resentment that we are talking about that builds from not speaking your wants and needs or thinking that somebody should be able to read your mind or just know what you want dissipates and it's replaced with confidence and fun and connection yeah you know when we shift out of people pleasing we shift into deeper connection with ourselves and when we shift into deeper connection with ourselves there is more aliveness that happens because you're no longer holding yourself down holding yourself back from what you really want from what you really want to say or do or express and that holding yourself back when you're people pleasing it creates this invisible barrier between you and yourself and you and someone else it keeps you from getting to your deeper level of honesty that lives under this veneer of always being other focused and detached from yourself. You know, Casey and I are really into embodiment, not just a whole bunch of theories or repeating with a whole bunch of other people say, but really connecting deeply with the self, deeply with the body, dropping down below your own trauma, below what you might even think or believe you want and need to what lives underneath that. And that's where this endless source of energy can be tapped into. And you end that superimposed cycle of exhaustion from being stuck in that pattern of people pleasing and being outwardly focused. You can get inwardly focused, tap into that energy, and then there is more of yourself to share. You have more energy to give more energy to be real. And then you can align with people who like the real you instead of some fake persona that you've created that really doesn't have anything to do with the real you. And you know, I think people get caught in that not feeling seen or not feeling heard by others because they're not sharing their real true self. So if you find that you're often not feeling seen and not feeling heard, this is an invitation to drop in deeper, connect even deeper with you, your real needs, wants, desires, your deeper level of honesty, and get really honest with yourself. Are you sharing that with others? Because if you're not, then there is a barrier. And that's why you're not feeling seen or heard. And you know, it can be tricky. You gotta tap into it for yourself first and then have the courage to speak it to another. And like we said earlier, that could be freaking scary. There's a saying by Anne Voskamp, sometimes you aren't listening to your body because you're listening to everybody else's expectations. Well, and speaking of listening to your body, after I learned to speak my sexual needs of warm feet, it cued me into my body's natural wisdom, which is always there. And I actually found a study cited in Women's Health that found that people were more likely to achieve orgasm during sex while wearing a pair of socks. I always wear sex socks. <laughs> And so the body is such an amazing tool at tapping into like, what are our authentic needs so that we can show up from those places. So Casey, how do you feel in your body when you're people pleasing? 
when I am people pleasing, I notice that my posture kind of slumps down a little bit. And so it's almost like my shoulders are coming forward and kind of slouchy. I feel a lump in my throat. I feel a uneasiness in my heart space. You know, that hypervigilance I was talking about, wanting to like constantly know what's going on around me. Yeah. How do you feel in your body when you're people pleasing? There's that slumping thing with me too. My shoulders come forward. I hunch, but my heart retracts back. The sensation is that I'm staying in front of the other person, but inside of me, all of my energy is running towards my back. It's a physical sensation inside of me of burrowing way, way, way back, maybe it's hiding, then I start fawning, right? I start like a stream of words that I think will soothe and please the other, you know, like, be like, no, no, I didn't really mean that. I mean, you know, I just wanted to say, (laughs) it's like the words just immediately disappear because it's just fawning words. And I noticed that your speech got fast there as well. And I noticed that I, I do that too. Yes. Maybe you set a boundary. It's like, well, but no, I didn't really mean it. Like, I don't want to be an inconvenience. You know, it's not really that big of a deal. I can just do it. Exactly that. <laughs> and then, and then by the time you get to the end of it, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> like, I retreated back to myself, and then just started word vomiting really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. I retreat into myself. That's what it is, right? So that's a safety thing. You don't feel safe, so you retreat into yourself. God, I love somatic awareness. You know, it's like, oh, that's right. This is how it feels. And now that you know how it feels, you can be aware when your body's doing it. So your body's always responding to what's going on. Yeah. Often really spiritual people are also people pleasers. Lots of healers and psychologists, because it's that thing that you mentioned at the beginning. There is also this genuine desire to help people, but it gets muddied by giving up your own needs in order to be seen either as very spiritual, very compassionate, very empathetic. I know I definitely did that at the beginning of my career and I was seeing way too many people a day and never saying no, never setting a boundary, taking on anyone I could, trying to heal the world. I remember being a freshman at the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. Right at the beginning, Barbara was on stage and said, How many people here are the peacekeeper of their family? And he saw 800 hands shoot up into the air. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So again, Mm -hmm. that doing anything to keep the peace. And I've had a really long journey of merging healer Elizabeth with rock and roll Elizabeth. (laughs) They used to be very separate, distinct people. And over the years, they've combined. I think this podcast is a perfect example of rock and roll Elizabeth merging with healer Elizabeth. (laughs) And that was the journey of me becoming more authentic and accepting myself at deeper and deeper levels. You know, and I think that authenticity is also just a practice of presence. When I'm very present, I'm grounded and I stay out of a stress response and I can quickly get centered and grounded again to stay out of that stress response. But that keeps you connected to yourself as well and connected to your authentic needs, words, thoughts. I just feel like we just have to mention that practicing presence keeps you out of a people-pleasing pattern. Yeah, and and I think it also helps you tap into like, what are the needs in that moment? Because your needs can change. I'm genuinely curious. I've noticed that as I've become more self-aware of how my body feels 
and what my needs are and increase my ability to be present for longer. When I'm in spaces with certain groups of people, I feel energetically drained. And I'm curious what your take on that is energetically or just in general. I've found over the years that a lot of people aren't deeply embodied. They have a lot of spiritual concepts or ways that they think they should act or be that aren't genuine to who they really are and what they really want. So there tends to be this overlay. Dr. John Parak has called it the mask that they wear when they're around other people. So they have their mask on instead of their authentic self being present and showing through. And that is freaking exhausting. That's my theory. Uh, that's my experience. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I've I've felt similar and I think it's that appearance of authenticity that's not actually authentic that feels draining. And I think that's why people love the slowdown lounge so much is we're not selling anything. We're not being super spiritual. We are just being present and giving people a safe space. And people walk in and they're just like, huh. Oh. Their whole system genuinely relaxes and lets go of tension. They have this very deep experience of what the slowdown can do for them. There's no pleasing to do. It's just being. Yeah, and we don't make them do anything, right? They ask us, what are we supposed to do in here? And we say, it's just a place to slow down and be. Well, do you want us to do anything? No, man. <laughs> Really? This is it? Yeah, this is it. Well, are you selling anything? Nope. <laughs> We're just in here slowing down, being, chilling out. And then sometimes they just sit there. Sometimes they ask us about our work and what we do and how we help people. Sometimes we talk about hair. <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> sometimes we cuddle sloths. We cuddle sloths. And it's just this soothing place for them to be real. And often people just say things like, oh, I'm so tired. It's so nice to sit here. Or, oh, it just feels so good in here. That's what safety and slowing down and being real does for us. And we get to connect profoundly with these people. Even if we don't talk a lot, there's this profound connection that happens. And they thank us profusely for setting up the slowdown lounge and tell us how necessary it is. I remember when we had our booth at Pride that this gentleman walked in and he was wearing a mask that he referred to as an anxiety mask. And it literally covered his whole face and he was there with his son. And we welcomed him and he sat down and I remember him sitting there for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then he took a huge exhale and he took his mask off. And I remember looking at him and his face was all red and he was sweating and you could tell it was it was a big deal for him to actually physically take his mask off and be seen and just and just let himself be. And we talked a little bit longer and then him and his son stood up and he walked to like the exit of the slowdown lounge and walked out without his mask on. So we know that getting out of automatically people-pleasing is tricky, and we're here to help. You can go to the show notes and click the link to set up a free consultation with us to see if and how we can help you. And remember, on the third Monday of the month is our stress release classes over Zoom, and that is a really safe space to connect with your body, let go of your stress and tension, 
connect with your pleasure and get in alignment with manifesting what you want. It is a really beautiful somatic embodied experience that we would love to share with you. So go to the show notes and click on the link for their stress release class. We have tons of videos there to take you through it and prep you for class. So we'll go into our slow down skills and slow down song right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fans, it's me, Mother Nature. I put the needs of my plants, animals, and insects first, and by doing so, I create an environment that's functional, balanced, and sustains life as we know it on this planet, including yours. When I'm forced to give away too much of my resources, it throws off that balance and reduces my harmonious life-sustaining function. This negatively impacts all life, including yours. Please only take what you need when you need it and don't waste the precious life force I freely provide. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now for your slowdown skill. So the place in your body that's connected with honesty and authenticity and expressing your honesty is your throat, your throat area especially for those of us who find it a little scary to speak our needs, this can be a great warm-up exercise you can do to get you lubricated to be able to speak your truth. So all you need to do is place your hand on the front of your throat really lightly, and you're just going to breathe in and out of where your fingers are touching the front of your throat. So breathing in. And if you can't feel it, that's okay. You just imagine that you're breathing into the front of your throat, in and out through your nose. And as you exhale air through your nose, let out a sound like, hmm. You can do three breaths there and then put your hand on the back of your neck and then breathe in and out through there. And then again, as you exhale through your nose, let out a sound like hmm. You really want to feel the vibration in your throat as you do that. And that really opens up this throat area you can even extend to put your fingers on each side of your throat and breathe in and out through there. And again, as you exhale through your nose, you're gonna let out a sound. Mm. Good. The goal is to Get to a point where you can breathe spherically in all directions through your throat. This is, again, just a great exercise to warm up your throat chakra, if you're into the chakra thing, or to just warm up your vocal cords and create a neural connection to speaking freely. And now that you're warmed up, I'm going to share a list of affirmations and you can write down your favorites and then repeat them often to build more neural pathways to authenticity. I am honest with myself about my needs. 
My needs are as important as anyone else's. I care about myself enough to speak up about what's best for me. Other people benefit from me being open about my needs. I can ask for help and I deserve to get my needs met. I am not being selfish when I self-advocate. I am expressing my humanness. And now for your slowdown song. Slowdown song I've selected for this episode is Mariah Carey's Vision of Love. I can't believe I let you pick the slowdown song. (laughs) (laughs) You did. My neighbors have gotten to hear that shower rendition multiple times, and it makes me so happy. And I love that it literally paints a vision of love. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) And I have left Elizabeth speechless. I'd like to um, say that it only took three years of recording for this moment to happen. I have bedazzled her with my slowdown song. I still love you, even though you suggested a Mariah Carey song. I love and accept you exactly as you are, Casey Hall. Thank you very much. I love and accept myself as well. And my vision of love. So, in summary, if you find yourself ignoring your own needs to take care of somebody else not feeling seen or heard by others, never being able to say no, feeling responsible for other people's emotions, not voicing your values, and not having clear boundaries. You could be stuck people-pleasing, and you deserve to get the help you need to get out of that painful pattern and into your authentic self. Hey, Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I really enjoyed talking about how people-pleasing shows up during sex and in romantic relationship because, man, one of the most empowering things in my life has been learning what my needs are sexually and during intimacy. And after a lifetime of subconsciously people-pleasing in that area, it just feels really, really good to speak about that and feel as good and confident as I do now in that area. Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I think my favorite part was taking the judgment off of people pleasing by letting people know that it's actually this very deep, hardwired protection mechanism and that they shouldn't feel bad about doing it and that they can have a lot more compassion for themselves. Slow down, fans. What was your favorite part of today's show? Please click the link in the show notes and let us know what you loved. Subscribe and share it with a loved one who can also benefit from Slow the F Down Show. Our mission is to help as many people as possible slow down, stress less, and love more. And we can't do that without you. And if you're digging our content and want more personalized slowdown goodness, become a Sloth Level patron and get free access to our monthly stress release classes that are live over Zoom. You'll learn a method that's guaranteed to unstick stress from your body on a cellular level and help you live authentically. Go to the show notes to get that special deal. To our existing patrons, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you and your support continues to mean the world to us. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.